We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mark Potash. Roquan, uh, obviously getting Khalil Mack uh, off like he did uh, makes a big difference. What, what was the feeling like when he got the, the, big, the big plays early? How much of a boost did it give you? What kind of... What kind of impact in general did that did those plays have it didn't, that Matt gave you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Those big plays uh, means a lot, especially early in the game, uh, setting the tempo. Uh, that was a lot for our defense. So it was just about building on those. And I see you have a Missouri. Uh, is that a Missouri mask? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I seen Georgia got a hold of him yesterday, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a basketball mask. Oh, okay. <laughs> They did upset Illinois, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good comeback. That Missouri mask. Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday second, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody with you, and that leads into our next guest. Joining us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park, is the aforementioned Missouri mask wearing Mark Potash. Mark, how you doing today? Great, Steve. How you doing? I'm I'm doing great. So you got called out for your mask. You were wearing a mask, which the best yeah. thing about that whole thing, you're wearing no. a mask on a Zoom call. <laughs> Damn it! Another one of my shining moments, but uh, that's just a uh, part of part of the business, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> how do you like your, how, how do you like hearing your voice on the radio, Mark? I hate it. <laughs> yeah, well, I hate the crowd. it, and, I, and I'm very self-conscious about it. And uh, for years now, I've never really, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a newspaper guy. I'm used to one-on-one conversations and things like that, and all these things that are broadcast. It's just not my style. It's very difficult for me. So yeah, no. To answer your question, I hate it. That's good. Welcome. Join the club. All right. The the issue. One of the issues we discussed before in our uh, segment of what Mark heard. What he did was he played. Bill Lazor talking about basically sounding, in my view, that the Bears are listening to Mitch Trubisky because they have no choice. They're desperate. They're trying to save their season. They're trying to save their jobs. And they're listening to a quarterback who showed you before, cut the field in half, put him on the run, let him make those decisions, let him throw that way. And they tried to put him in the pocket, and they put him in the pocket at the worst possible time, and he lost the ball against Detroit, and they cost the Bears the game and maybe their season. And I I thought Bill Lazor just capitulated. They were giving Mitch Trubisky the kind of credibility you give to somebody when you're desperate. And they were finally coaching the quarterback that is there. What do you think about that? Or did you make something else out of Bill Lazor's comments? No, I think that's very accurate. I, I, you know, you really got to include Matt Nagy in that, too, because I think he overall has been the one who's been stubborn about this in trying to run, as I've said many times, trying to run Andy Reid's offense without Andy Reid's players, and, or Andy Reid's quarterback, for that matter. <laughs> and and, and uh, 
and that's just that's been the fact of the matter. He's very and it's stubborn maybe a bad word. That's what he believes in. He believes when you when you come from that background, you think you can do it with anything. And in fact, I, I think it's been proven that you can. And I think he's finally coming around to the fact that he's got to make the quarterback. He's got to make the most of the quarterback, and I think that's what he's finally doing. And it's it, it's interesting. The, the timing is so interesting for Bears fans because. On one hand, it looks like, yeah, he finally figured it out. But to a lot of Bears fans, it just sounds like, wow, here we go again. At the end of the season, they finally find something that teases us and keeps him, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll convince them that, that uh, wow, next year it'll change, you know, the old Wani thing. And, and, uh, and, and it's kind of a trap to them. To, to, so there's two sides to that argument of what the big picture impact of this kind of uh, resurgence is. All right, let's do big picture then. You think Trubisky will be back with the Bears next year? I doubt it. Uh, um, I, well, for two reasons. One, it just sounds like, and again, I'm just—I admit, I'm just kind of reading between the lines and just sensing, uh, after having dealt with uh, Nagy for three years now, is that I think I think he's convinced that he needs a different quarterback for his offense. I think he still wants to run his offense, and I think he wants to get a quarterback who can do that—a young quarterback who can do that. So I said, he'll, if he's around, he will vote in favor of starting over. Um, but and I also think that 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 uh, Mitch Trubisky is going to look inviting to a lot of other teams in the league. I guess there's probably a debate on that. I think some people think he's just a bust, but I think I think to a good team that has a, a good offense and has the right uh, situation, kind of like what I kind of felt like with Grossman, to tell you the truth, years ago, is that in the right situation, he could be a really good quarterback. I mean, a deep into the playoffs Super Bowl quarterback. And uh, and I think teams will see him like that. So I think he will have better options as a free agent to other teams than to the Bears. So I think that's probably the biggest reason why I don't think he'll be back. Our guest is Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times. We're talking Bears here on The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody with you. And, and I think... Love the reality and the practicality, Mark, of a particular of, of you in general. But the particular tweet with the idea that the Bears were, oh yeah, now we've got an offensive identity, and you pointed out that their offensive identity is that they can score against bad defenses, and they did that against the Texans, and they've got bad defenses coming up. But I like the. So many people were seem to be buying into the idea of, oh, my God, they discovered something. What they discovered was a horrible Houston team, and unfortunately, they don't get to play them again. So what do you expect to see Sunday against a team that isn't that great? It's not a Mike Zimmer defense. They're not particularly great, but the Bears, the Bears have been known to – the Bears are facing something – that they absolutely need to win if they want to keep this alive. What do you expect tomorrow? Well, I think there's a good chance you could see just another chapter in the Trubisky Bears offense renaissance. I think it's kind of set up the way, A, you're not playing against that crowd. You don't have that home field disadvantage anymore, or at least this year. And uh, and you're playing, like you said, a Vikings defense that is just not what it used to be. You know, Even their forte this season has been third down defense, but in the last like eight or nine weeks, the only team they've been good against on third down is the Bears. I think they held the Bears at two of eleven with Foles uh, <laughs> on November sixteenth, and and every and every, almost every other game has been actually you know they've been actually kind of weak uh, against their in third down situations. So even that they're not really that great in uh, recently, and you know and they, they they so so it's they're vulnerable, and so I think there's a there's a chance you know the Bears. 
going back to what you mentioned about that tweet, I think in general that is true. But you also have to acknowledge that the Bears are better with this iteration of Trubisky and the offense than they were in the first three games. So they have made progress. So they do deserve credit for that. But a lot of that is based on, you know, who they've played. And even against the Packers in Week 17, we might not find out because who knows what the Packers will have to play for. So you'll you'll never really get a great idea. But um, you have to acknowledge that they are playing better. So I think there's a good chance. I, you know, I picked the the Vikings at the at the uh, beginning of the week just out of habit, but I, I would probably switch that. I think the Bears actually have a, a good chance of winning this game just based on the way injuries have played out and the teams have played out and, and the way this offense has kind of, kind of gelled a little bit to be at least better than they were in the first three games of the season under, under Trubisky. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think it's going to have to be an offensive win for the Bears because, as Steve and I talked about at the beginning of the show, there's big concern in the secondary. I mean, with Buster Screen already ruled out, and Jalen Johnson has not practiced one snap this week, and you got two potent receivers on that team. What do you what do you make of the Bears' chances of stopping the Minnesota offense? Well, the Bears have a good defense, so and they can stop Dalvin Cook. So I mean, so that gives them a chance. I mean, they're 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 always going to be fairly effective. On the other hand, um, their front seven has just not had the bite that it's had that makes a a a secondary that much better. And so when you have inexperienced players, they're more more vulnerable too against a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, who has zone issues. But when he's good, he's really good. So uh, I guess I'm waffling on this, but I because I think that's just the way the situation is. The Bears can dominate this game defensively. They're good enough. They they have Akeem Hicks is in there uh, is playing and and Khalil Mack is is playing well and 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 Roquan Smith is playing well. So they can do that. But on the other hand, you just know that uh, it can, with their with the secondary being kind of banged up a little bit and with the defense just not quite putting the pressure even you know most of those sacks last week were after they were ahead like 33 to 3 or 7 or 6 or whatever it was. It just doesn't have the same uh, same same effect on the secondary. It doesn't it doesn't give the secondary that that boost that it's given when they had like 27 interceptions in 2018. Mark Potash is our guest, Chicago Sun-Times, talking Bears football here on The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. Speaking of third down, as you were earlier, this is really the most surprising, disturbing number to cut besides the Bears' loss to Minnesota is that Kirk, they made Kirk Cousins look great in a nationally televised game when he always sucks, particularly on third down. He was 10 of 11, 149 yards, two TDs, and seven of those 10 completions were a first down or a touchdown, was that, if you looked at that, do you look at that and say that's just a freak thing? Or is that a function of the Bears having physical shortcomings that won't be around this time? Because the idea of not getting off the field on third down when they should have been able to stop Kirk Cousins, especially in a situation like that, could be a, lead to a lot of trouble tomorrow. Yeah, well... Uh... Steve, as, as you know, anything that happens with Kirk Cousins is like a freak thing. The good things, the bad things. I mean, that's that's who. Seriously, that's who he is. So, yeah, so I guess what I'm true. saying is kind of go back to the same response as the previous one. Is like you just don't, you know, the Bears. The Bears even isn't 2018 where you know what you're going to get rock solid. The yeah. Bears have vulnerabilities uh, this year, and that gives him an opportunity to do that. So. Um, 
so yeah, so uh, you know, uh, I guess a little of both. The old John Fox answer, but uh, it, it, it just it, the, the the situation is still the same. The Bears defense has a chance to uh, you know to dominate him, but he has a chance to dominate the Bears defense. It can go, it can go, uh, it can fluctuate wildly, even within the game. To tell you the truth, it's just especially on the road. How crazy is it, man? We talked to Cairo Santos yesterday. How crazy is it that? Ironic is it that Cairo Santos is, might be the most stabilizing force on the Chicago Bears right now? <laughs> wow, that 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 says a lot, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, it would be so typical of the Bears to kind of waste this. You know how many times they they sure could have helped, you know benefited by having uh, uh, a a better kicker, and now they have one, and it looks like they might end up just coming up short. But yeah, that is kind of quirky, interesting, and also because the other interesting thing is like. You know, not so what, but I mean, it's it's a great accomplishment. But but how sustainable is it? I mean, it's already been proven. He knows himself. He said it yesterday. He's been there before, where you know where Dan Bailey is now, and 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 so, wow. Do you sign him to a long term contract and figure you've got your situation solved? You don't. You we all the three of us all know what's going to happen if that if that, if that ensues because we've. We've just followed this team for so long, so so who knows? But yeah, that is. I mean, it's good for him. It's great that they've solidified. It's kept them afloat, actually, a little bit. Um, but uh, I'll be honest. Uh, I guess it's more the bear fan in me than the reporter. But I'm just I'm cringing at the thought of the very next big kick. I mean, I just you just know how mm-hmm. it's going to be. You just know how it's going to turn out, or you fear how it is. Yes. Well, right. You're, you get that. You guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? Of course. Right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Like, yeah. He's made 18 in a row, and if he <laughs> misses a game-winning kick in the next game, then it's like we're we're back to ground zero. It's like yeah. the guy. This, here's an old story that no one will get except maybe Steve. But it's like in in like 1975, UCLA had this huge run of championships, and this kid and. and and Louisville had a chance to beat him. He had hit 38 consecutive free throws, and all he had to do was hit one, and he would have beat him, and he missed. And UCLA came back and won that championship. I think it was 75. But anyway, that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing that, that you, you fear is, like, you have this great streak, like you said, and then, boom, when it really matters the absolute most, uh, right. you know, that'll be the miss. But I don't wish anything ill on Cairo Santos. He's a good guy, and it's great, it's great to see him do well a second time around with the Bears even. You know, he was hurt the last time, so – he certainly deserves the success he's having. It'd just be great if the Bears could actually benefit from it by making the playoffs, which seems like a real long shot at this point. Our guest is Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times, talking Bears football here on The Score. Mark, the, the last time when the Bears did lose to Minnesota and that, that game in Soldier Field, David Montgomery didn't play. He was in concussion protocol. Well, he was back, and he ran 80 yards on the first play, and then he probably had to hold somebody hostage to get the ball the rest of the game last week. But the Vikings are a team. They're not as bad as Houston, but they rank 20th in rushing defense. And they're giving up an average of 4.3 yards per carry, which would seem to be a good way to go, except this coaching staff doesn't seem to know how to coach the game that's there. How much do you expect, or would you hope, and those are two different things, the Montgomery presence to change tomorrow's game and game plan. Well, I think at the outset it'll definitely be evident. I think there's no question they were they they want to test this offensive line that's kind of been kind of revamped, I guess, and 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 see what see and see what if what they have here is real. And I think the Vikings defense is not you know not the ultimate test, but certainly a better test than they've seen. In um, just because Mike Zimmer is running it, to tell you the truth, to see just how real it is. So I think, yeah, I think Montgomery 
will be. I didn't have a. I wasn't. I didn't have a big deal with him getting only eleven. Car- I mean, they had once they had a big lead. Uh, you know, that I I didn't have a problem with them. I can't remember what he ended up with, 11 carries or 14, whatever it was. But uh, I, that didn't bother me as much as it did other people. But I guess their history of just not utilizing the running backs uh, or with Nagy is, is, kind of causes that. But, no, I expect them to try and establish uh, the run first and use Mon- and make the most, see what they've got with Montgomery and this line. I mean, and, and then, you know, work off of that. So what happens after that, uh, you know, it's hard to tell. But, no, I think they definitely will go in kind of doing the same thing and just trying to uh, establish the run with Trubisky because with the read option, there has, Trubisky gives a different uh, element to the running game, and it kind of gives him a little better chance to kind of overachieve, and that's what you've seen in, like, the last two or three games. Hey, Potsy, I just want to make sure I'm reading you right. You're feeling pretty good about tomorrow, but you're not feeling the playoffs for the Bears? No, uh, yeah, not really. Um, I mean, it, it's an interesting scenario, I'll say that, where um, whichever team wins tomorrow, if they can just finish 9-7, and seven, would only need like one, you know, not even an upset. I think like Rams over uh, Cardinals or somebody over Cardinals to, to make it. So the if you finish 9-7, and seven, but I think the Bears lost, that, uh, lost an important cushion when they lost to the Lions because if they had beaten the Lions, then they could still lose to the Packers and, and make it. And that was a great cushion, and now – they're almost going to be depending on uh, the Packers to be in coast mode, which they might not be, um, uh, in Week 17 to win. And even then, they might, you know, you know the Bears' history. Um, so, so no, I don't. You know, to tell you, you know, it, uh, history is against the Bears. And I know this is a new team, and every year is different. But the Bears have, let me put it this way: since in the last 25 years, the Bears are the only team in the NFL that has never been a wild card team. They have never backed wow. in. They have they have never made it. They have ne- they have not clinched a playoff spot in week 17 since like uh, 1979. I mean, Jeez. with a with a victory. I mean, they've clinched. They've backed in and stuff. So what I'm saying is they're never they never win when it's close. You guys know that it's always mm-hmm. 13 and three or 12 and four or 11 and five with a couple game bulge where they uh, where they where they uh, you know clinch a playoff spot in week 16 or else they come up just short. They'll win two games and lose a tiebreaker. They'll lose to Houston. I think it was 20. 20- Oh eight, in week seventeen. So the history is against them. They they never back in to a playoff spot. So Wait, what about the what about the Wani year, the ninety four at the Vikings? Was, in ninety four, that... no, but they lost week seventeen in the playoffs ah. and got in when the Dallas, when the Cowboys lost to the Giants and I think the oh. Card, uh, 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 the Cowboys lost to the Giants. I think the Cardinals lost to the Falcons. They need they needed help and they got in that year. So the, okay. so I'm saying that they have not won in week seventeen and also clinched. You know to back in and not to back in to make the playoffs since seventy nine. That year, when they killed the Cardinals, the day that Muggs Hallis died, uh, which was you know a big emotional game for you know a lot of Bears, a lot of Bears fans. So it's been a long time. So I, I guess my point is, like I said, this is a totally different team, new era. But it, you just you know you just it, it just hasn't happened in so long that you're thinking is it, wow if it comes to Week 17 against the Packers, you really think they're going to win? I mean maybe they will. So. I guess it's an it's an interesting situation in which they have a real chance if they can win this game Sunday, but at this point I've watched the Bears long enough. I got to see it uh, before I believe it, and then figure out Does which way sense? they can blow it. Yeah. yeah, right. After they win Sunday, figure out which way they can blow it. We'll all look forward to that. Yeah, they have Mark, not earned our belief. You know, I mean, no, I mean, no. I, even they would have to acknowledge that if you are if you if you look at a big picture Bears fans for the last. 
10, 20, 30, 40 years. Hey, Bahatsi, really quick before we let you go, you were talking about that UCLA guy that missed the free throw or whatever. I don't remember that. But for no, some Louisville. Reason, I think his name was Terry Howard against, okay. <laughs> uh, against the David Myers uh, UCLA team. In 1975, okay. yeah, it was Denny Crum was coaching Louisville. He was a former UCLA yeah. assistant. It was, uh, yeah, you know, sorry to go all less on you here, but it was a no, no, a no. I, I, I love it. I love it because I, I want to go less on you really quickly because I don't remember that. I was too young, but I do remember a DePaul game in the 80s that it was either Clyde Bradshaw or Skip Dillard was like a 90% free throw shooter, and they were like playing Old Dominion, and that's when that's when DePaul never lost regular season games, like maybe one, and then but they were always lost to like no name teams, and I remember like being a kid and watching Skip. I'm just gonna say it was Skip Dillard shooting about 90% from the free throw line and missing two free throws, and I just was incensed. Like I didn't understand as a child how somebody shooting 90% from the free throw line could, could miss it. The end. Does that ring a bell to you at yeah, all? Yeah, you're breaking or? a lot of hearts, Mark. I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> of, of older people like me. But yeah, they did lose Old Dominion. I think when they were like undefeated late in the year, yeah. one of those yes. years. But the game, yeah. the, the game, I'm sure you're referring to is against St. Joseph in '81. Uh, that was in the tournament they, when uh, they were, I think, also undefeated. Or might have had maybe one, but they were the odds-on favorite to win the NCAA tournament with Mark McGuire. And oh. yeah, Skip Dillard missed a free throw, and that gave. Uh, uh, St. Joe's a chance to come back and score on a harem scarum, you know, uh, fast break uh, at the end of the game and win. So, so yeah, it does happen. And you're right, Skip Dillard was a really good uh, uh, free throw shooter. So you know, the, you know how that goes in sports. So uh, um, I hope maybe by talking it out, we make it not happen. So uh, <laughs> maybe that's the psychology there. But uh, but anyway, you're absolutely right. But you, by the way, if you want the long version, just talk to Les. Yeah, we'll get him on. No, yeah, Les is uh... Les is next. Yeah. Yeah, we could talk to Mark, and Mark could just be Les and start spelling Skip Dillard's Yeah, me name. and Les would be like a six-hour show with just one question at the beginning. Oh, <laughs> yeah, one game. I want to. I one. would moderate that show. I would moderate that show for sure. <laughs> Potsy, thanks. We appreciate it. Thanks for your sure time. Sure thing, guys. Have a great day. All right, we. You See too. you, Mark. That's Mark Potash. And so here we're going to go to break, and we're going to come back with what are you doing, Wegner? As we go to break, and and Wegner's got all sorts of sports and entertainment stuff. This is this is quite the thing, our year-end extravaganza, because they won't let us be on the radio for the rest of the year after this. So we'll take you out of this segment with our um, our favorite Canadians, Bob and Doug McKenzie, in their version of the Twelve Days of Christmas. Okay, now, this is our Christmas song, in case you don't know what to get somebody for Christmas. There's lots of ideas in here, so listen and don't get stuck. Okay. By the way, that's me on the organ. Oh, you start. Okay. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Two turtlenecks and a beer. Okay, good. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French toast, two turtlenecks and a beer. Okay, that should be more there, right? Where? On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks and a beer in a tree. See, oh, yeah. More. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Five golden toques, four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Okay, on the sixth, to go Christmas, my true love gave to me 
six packs of two for five golden coats, four pounds of back, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave for me seven packs of smoke. Yeah. Oh, six packs of two for five golden toques, four pounds of back, maybe. three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. This should just be the two days of Christmas. It's too hard for us. Um, go home. Oh, the eighth day was the true love gave to me. Eight comic books, seven, seven packs of smokes, six packs of two for five. Yeah, that beer is empty. Okay, day uh, 12. Good day, and welcome to day 12. Yeah. Golden tooth, four pounds of bagging, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's what we're doing. After Hanukkah, before Christmas. What are you doing, Wegner? We are doing that now. And appropriately, me and Mark Brody over there on What Are You Doing, Wegner, on the score. We are going to talk about tis the season and opening your pocketbook, opening your heart. And this is the Judeo-Christian Axis, which I thought just sort of turned on guilt. I thought that's that was the binding part of the Judeo-Christian axis. But it turns out, Mark, a guy named Tom Sondag, he owns a car dealership, a suburban car dealership. There's a story by Nero Schoenberg in the Tribune. And what he did was he ponied up for 1,000 corned beef sandwich kits from Manny's, and he is going to... Now, these corned beef sandwich kits have enough meat, rye bread, and the mayonnaise mustard parts of it to make four sandwiches. So that's essentially 4,000 Manny's Deli's corned beef sandwiches to be donated at St. Sabina Catholic Church on the south side to the people who need a meal, and that will be on Monday. That's awesome. I love Isn't it. Isn't that great? That is That's that is great, just, and it sounds delicious, too. Yeah, Manny's corned beef. Oh. So on um, December 17th, a couple days ago, was I didn't realize what that day meant in terms of NBA superstars and confrontations, but on consecutive days in 1996 and 1997, those were days that Kobe Bryant, young Kobe Bryant, faced off against Michael Jordan. 
1996, you're, this was part of the last dance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant came off the bench in both games. It, it just so happened on December 17th, on both dates, the Lakers played the Bulls. And in 96, Bryant came off the bench, two for five shooting, five points, missed both free throws. Jordan got 30 points, but on the kind of 10 for 32 shooting we'd seen before, and the Bulls beat the Lakers 123, uh, 129-123. The next year, though, the Lakers beat the Bulls, the, the dynastic Bulls. Jordan was 10 for 24 shooting, 27 points, five or six free throws, four rebounds. Kobe was two of seven, five points, three rebounds. But they, the, the, I'm sorry, I messed that up. The December 17th was the Bulls beating the Lakers. Jordan had 36 points. Kobe had 33 off the bench in a consecutive December 17th. That's the way it went. Did you know December 17th was a Kobe, was it Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant face-off day? I had no idea, but now yeah. I will remember that for you. And I hope we can we can repeat that story every year on December 17th, year <laughs> yeah, four. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that was that was it. Um, the Did you also know, I found this out, I was going to do this last week and we just didn't have time for it, but the... Um, Scotland names its entire fleet of snowplows. Did you know that? They name their snow, like each snowplow has its own individual, like. Exactly. One, for instance, is Gangsta Granny Gritter, because they call snowplows gritters, too. Okay, gritters. There's another snowplow. The one in Aberdeen is called Sprinkles. (laughs) There's another kind of a wimpier one. Yeah, there's another snowplow called Ready Spready Go, and the best one of all is called Spready Mercury. Oh, nice! (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Now you have my attention. All right, so Spready Mercury. So this started last week, and there were many, and and I started writing down some names of, uh, I know. Mike Preece of uh, who of uh, um, does traffic reports. Yeah, yeah, I know Mike. He, okay, he came up with a terrific one in Chicago. We should name one of the trucks Salter Payton. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Nice job, Mike. Love you, Mike. Yeah, I had I had written down Snowquan Smith. I thought that would be a good name, especially up and coming so Snow Snowquan Smith. I like Salt Canerco. I thought that would be a good one. <laughs> um, Maggie Hendricks, our former colleague here, the adorable yeah. Maggie Hendricks, had Anthony Riz Snow. Oh, that might be the winner. Yeah, well, we do have the Hawks broadcast team. Now, it's not just one. It's the whole team. Pat Snowley and Eddie Snowchick. Yeah, that was pretty so, good, too. There you go. Or, Wasn't that your nickname people. in college, Mayor Johnson, if you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, no. 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 That's it. <laughs> so I thought, and then I thought, well, Lori Lightfoot should just sell advertising on it, and, and or the governor should sell advertising on it to help make up for the, the shortfall. Just put, put in names of companies, let companies buy 
the trucks. But I love that idea that they, in Scotland, they did that honestly, and now we're mocking them when we're, we're making fun of it. But that's what we do here. So are you looking for... That was good. Are you looking for a good, a good Christmas gift now or late Hanukkah gift for your your golf fanatic friend or relative, Mark? Is there anybody? Sure, there? aren't we all? Don't we all have a friend or relative who's a golf fanatic? This comes courtesy of Mike Jansen of W of Channel Nine, the weatherman there as well, and this comes from Geeky Get that website, and this is the Potty Putter. The Potty Putter Toilet Golf Game has a, just imagine what you would expect, it's a green, it goes under the toilet seat and extends out, and it has a shortened putter, and while you're sitting down, you have a couple golf balls, actual golf balls, and a, um, a red tea, uh, cup that you can put into while you're sitting there on the toilet, on the potty, (laughs) doing your business for the potty putter, and the potty putter toilet golf game can be yours for $39.95 plus shipping. Or you get free shipping. What do you think? Would you sit at the... I I wouldn't, no. I mean, we don't need need people having extended stays in the bathroom, and I think that that's what that would lead to. Extended stays. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think extended stays are healthy for anybody, so I'm going to say no on that one. I'm sorry. No, that's quite all right. I'm just I'm just bringing that, bringing that out, just if, see how you, if you wanted it, I'm just bringing that. Yeah. No, see, no, it's see, good. I'm so not if sure you have a golf are... nut, you know, yeah. and they do, if they already spent an inordinate amount of time in there is really not going to make a difference then you might think of them and you know with some empathy give them something to do in there and who knows perhaps it might be they might find reason to get their business done sooner hmm well if that was the case maybe, but i just par. don't think we in, we need to encourage duration <laughs> okay in the back all right how's how's this if you got a hockey fan you can get. I didn't know these existed. I'm I'm a big Slapshot fan, but they have. You can buy on the HansonBrothers.net website. Among the products they have, are the banners. You can hang retired Hanson Brother banners in your man cave or whatever. Numbers 16 to 17 and 18. Number 17 was Steve Hanson. He will. That's an autographed banner. So the banners have say Hanson. In the Chiefs' colors of, of yellow and blue, and the number 16, 17, 18, and there's a stripe under it, a yellow stripe in blue printing or white printing that says "Putting on the foil." <laughs> so, you, so you can get that on if you're still looking for a gift for what man came. Well, wouldn't I be hope the diva without. is listening because that diva should get you that for for Hanukkah or Christmas or whatever it is that you celebrate. No, I Festivus for the rest of us. That's what I celebrate. Uh, yeah, I got you. Um, yeah. So as we move along, and what are you doing, Wagner? Lin Manuel Miranda, the man who is uh, the genius uh, of Hamilton, tweeted t- tweeted this out, and I think we can all relate to it in one form or another. And he said, "True story from tonight: a one-act play. The setting is dinner. The six-year-old quote." Mommy, are you younger than Daddy? 
And then Lynn Manuel Miranda's wife, the mother of this child, says, yes, mm -hmm. two years younger. The six-year-old responds, but how come you know so much more than him? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think many of us, many of us can um, identify with that. So did you, last week, I don't know, were you familiar with Charlie Pride at all? Did you, do, does the name sound familiar to you? He's a country singer, no? Was, yeah, he passed away. Yeah, he was okay. a, a country singer. He was a baseball player, too. He played, okay. played in the, the, he played in the Negro Leagues, I believe. He also would show up at some spring training games. The way we've seen many, whether it was Tom Selleck in Detroit or we, um, uh, Garth Brooks would regularly show up, I think, for, right. the, for the Giants, right? Yeah. And, and take batting practice or whatever. I so, remember that, yeah. Charlie Pride, I did not know this about him. He passed away, Country Music Hall of Famer. And in a preseason, uh, an exhibition game, he got a single off Jim Palmer. Oh. He he was playing. I don't know if it was the Yankees or Rangers, but his Billy Martin was a friend of his, and he got a single off Jim Palmer in an in an exhibition game, and Jim Palmer went took to Twitter to say yes, he did get a single off me in Pompano Beach playing for his buddy Billy Martin. It proves he could hit better than I can sing. <laughs> And then Jim Palmer did another underwear commercial. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, you, do you, the new Mets owner, yeah. Steve Cohen. Lots of money. Right. And lots of fun, too. His wife, Alex Cohen, tweeted out, on, I guess who just got verified, this, does this mean I'm really mean I'm really me now. And Steve Cohen retweeted, quote tweeted that with the comment, it's the first check that I didn't have to give my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I love these people. I wanted those people here. I love those people. Oh, That's a got thing. big apples, as Scott Boris said, right? Big apples, yeah. So uh, while we were away, Al Michaels was voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Saw that, yeah. Ford he Frick was Award. The Ford Frick Award, yeah. In twenty in, in this year, twenty twenty. Two years ago, twenty eighteen, Bob Costas was voted in was voted the, the winner of the Ford Frick Award, which means he's in the Hall of Fame. So now the ba National Baseball Museum, the Baseball Hall of Fame, has the voices of basketball <laughs> represented. Al Michaels and Bob Bob Costas perhaps their greatest roles in basketball as the play-by-play -play announcers. So good. The the old the South Park guys. Yeah, that right. Made that. Yeah. South Park. Now that which the the fact that they are in two years apart is sort of perfect for me. I've always contended they were the two they were the two tied for first place as voices of a generation. They were so much a part of all of our sports broadcasts between the Olympics and baseball and World Series and and moments, I just think these those are the two voices of of a of at least one generation, maybe two. I don't know who you 
who you I'd, who would be the voice of your generation? I mean, I don't disagree with that. I mean, so I mean, yeah, I mean, how could you disagree with that? Bob Bob Cotton, but Al Michaels, you know, you know, explodes on the map with the the Miracle on Ice team in yeah. 1980. Do you believe in Miracle? But it was so much more than that. I mean, Al Michaels was a voice of everything, as was Bob Costas. So I, yeah, I'd probably fall into that category as well. I don't know. I mean, the 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 newer generation would probably be, you know, Joe Buck and uh, maybe Jim Nance. I don't know, you know, how, how where those guys rank historically. But yeah, I mean, hey, look, Vin Scully was was great doing baseball back in the day with uh, Joe Garagiola. But I, I remember Bob Costas pretty prominently, too, with with Tony Kubek doing those games, including the Sandberg game on TV. And he was great at it and then he did everything and he did it at an exceptionally high level including those those bulls games and some of the championships in the 90s yep yep all right one last mention um and coming up on january 5th nick cage is doing a six episode special on the history of swear words there will each episode will be dedicated to words we can't say on the radio so is it going to be episode. one? Will he focus on one word per episode? It, yes, yes. One begins. Yeah, <laughs> yes. History is our words, and the specials will include Nick Offerman and Sarah Silverman. This sounds like can't miss. Yeah, this that could be like, good. Yes, and none of which can be brought to the airwaves. I'm sure. Right. So this is the uh, last time we'll talk about it. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, I just needed to mention that history of swear words. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll see if we can. We'll see what. I don't know. We either we have more holiday catalog to play. Uh, Stifler, our producer on Earth, some Mitch Trubisky underscoring us, uh, underscoring our points that Mitch Trubisky was saying the stuff a year ago. And earlier this season that he's saying now, all of a sudden, Bears coaches desperate for their jobs are listening. So we'll do that somehow before we get to Zach Saban at the top of the hour. Thanks for listening. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Mark, where can people hear you tomorrow? Where can people hear Mark Rohde talking football? I'll be on a couple of pregame shows tomorrow. I'll be on with Olin Krutz, Hub Arkish, and Patrick Manley on the score tomorrow, probably around 10.30 or so, as those guys will be on from 9 to noon here on the score. And then I'll be on in the 9 o'clock hour on WBBM with a couple of interviews, including my guy, Duke Shelley, also got a chance to sit down with Cody Whitehair via Zoom. So those will play on BBM. So I'll be on a couple pregame shows tomorrow, Steve. There you go. All right, well, the Bet Rivers pregame show presented by MailMedChicago.com kicks off at 9 tomorrow. As you said, Hub, Olin, Patrick Manley with Mark Grody. They're going to bring it to you. Listen live on the seven on 760 The Score and the Radio.com app. Get the latest on the inactives, the keys to the game, and all the Bears news. The inactives will be key. Bears, Vikings. Um, so, Mark, where can people hear about your celebration of Christmas? Right here. What are you going to do? What are you and, and Gene Grody and Gary Grody doing about Christmas? The plan is is going to Brother Paul's out in Elgin and celebrating as safe. I, we've decided to do a mask 
Christmas this year. We will be wearing masks in the Grody family. So that's the plan. That's the rough okay. draft, man. Yep. All right. Well, Merry Christmas to everybody. Safe holidays to everybody. We'll um, talk to you next year. Saturday Suckage, thank you for listening all year. We appreciate that. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's it.